1: Hello, and welcome back to Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the podcast where we talk to the people behind the productivity, This week, I get to bring back another awesome guest that has been on the show before, Claire Diaz-Ortiz. And we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is digital detox and stepping away, unplugging, taking a break, just gaining mindfulness and awareness of what we're doing and why. And so we get to talk about that a bit, and it's just always a great time when Claire gets to come back on the show. But before we jump into the interview, I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Reich. Getting a team organized is not the easiest thing to do, especially if you rely on email or spreadsheets or deadlines as a big picture part of your work. Reich reduces the stress because it connects all the data in one easy-to-use system and track progress on the web or via mobile apps. So basically, it helps everybody to stay on the same page about what your plans or your updates or your priorities are. This way, you won't lose any more tasks or documents or have any more unanswered questions because all your team's work and resources are collected in one easy-to-find location. Listeners of Beyond the To-Do List can check out the power of Rike for themselves by getting this unique offer, a free month of their premium subscription, which is worth about $199 if you're a big team, you can go to wrike.com slash to-do, that's wrik dot slash to-do, and get that offer and turn your team into productivity rock stars. Well, it's my pleasure to bring to you again uh, Claire Diaz-Ortiz. She has come back to the show. Welcome back, Claire.
0: Thank you. I'm super happy to be here.
1: So the, the first time you were here, we got to talk about the present principle and a bunch of other stuff, and that was awesome. But this time around, uh, you've been doing a lot of great productivity stuff lately, and the the, the key thing I think that really struck me is you, you've got, well, one new book that's out and another one that's coming out, and we'll talk about both of them. But uh, let's start with the first one, which just really intrigues me. It's, a, it's that whole digital um, – How do we live a digital versus an analog lifestyle? Or how do we live a meaningful life in a digital world or something like that? Anyway, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. theme. And the the book's called Greater Expectations, Succeed and Stay Sane in an On-Demand, All-Access, Always-On Age. And that title, one, it's long – but that's good because it, it <laughs> explains it. Have you, let, okay, so let me ask you this. You re, you read a lot of books. Have you noticed the thing where every book is now a short little title and then this mm-hmm. really long subtitle? No,
0: every book now is one word and then there's like a 20-word subtitle. Yeah, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like okay. one word, you know, verb, thrive, start, platform, yes. whatever. Yes, one Yes,
1: exactly. Word. So anyway, just that, I see that theme and I, I wondered if I was just crazy. But uh, – Cool. So, the the book really. I I saw the trailer for it, and um, it immediately I thought, oh wow, this is this is something. This is this is good because you're you're talking about the whole, um, you know, hey, did you wake up first thing this morning and just reach for your phone, and are you even realizing that you're doing that Mm -hmm. kind of thing? You know, I mean, so let's describe the problem a little bit. I think, or maybe not the problem, but the state that we're in, for better or for worse. What's your perspective on it?
0: Sure. So, I mean, the state we're in is that most of us spend literally 24-7 somehow kind of tethered to a device, whether or not we realize it or not. Obviously, during those 24 hours, seven days a week, sometimes we're not actually on a device. But the idea is we're often just thinking about it in the back of our head, or we're often just about to reach for our iPhone to look at it. Even when we go to sleep, many of us sleep with our iPhones on right next to us on the bedside table in the middle of the night, will reach over to look at Twitter first thing in the morning. Often, I mean, I would say the vast majority of people I know first thing in the morning, that's probably the very first thing they do before they get out of bed is just scrolling through emails, tweets, Facebook posts for a few minutes. And so the the book is just kind of a an exploration of what this means and what it kind of has done to our bodies and our minds, essentially, and then how we can kind of get out of it. Because I think many of us realize that this this state we're in of being overly, um, overly taxed and overly excitable by the online world is not is not a good one. I mean it might it might feel good sometimes because you're getting that high of, you know, reaching for your iPhone again to scroll through email to see if something great has come in, but ultimately we know that that's not really a healthy feeling. So the book Greater Expectations is just a way to kind of look through some of the implications of this this problem that has, you know, kind of attacked all of us and what we can do to try to make it better essentially.
1: Yeah, I, I would almost uh, th- like it's, it's an overstimulation of the brain, you know, where it's never, you're never taking a breath, you're always just inhaling, maybe. Oh, I mean,
0: and I read something somewhere which I think was just so accurate that I talk about in the book. Just this feeling of, you know, it really is the way we use our devices, especially simply because our devices are always in our back pocket. It really does produce this sort of gambler's high feeling in us. Mm. Um, you know you get you get that jolt of excitement when you pull out the iPhone just because there might be a chance that there's some really amazing tweet or really amazing Facebook post or life changing email you know and so you you want to check again and again and again looking for that. Incredible high, which maybe happens, you know, once a week or something. You get some incredible news in a tweet or in a in a Facebook post or in an email. But most of the time, you're just kind of sifting through the same stuff again and again.
1: Yeah, and, and that even goes back to the whole. Uh, I mean, David Allen getting things done, where he's talking about you know being properly engaged with you know where you're at, like. If you have everything on your mind all at once, then you're doing nothing about anything you're supposed to, and and that's kind of the thing. Is it's almost like this mental distraction constantly that uh, it, it, in other words, it's almost as if at all times, like we're all we're all familiar with Wi-Fi, right? And and mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of speed, there's a certain amount of bandwidth, and if some of that is all like it, it's like the idea of hey, I'm watching Netflix in this room. But if my kids or somebody else is downloading some huge file in another room, then I'm going to get poor quality on my streaming. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost as if our brain is always constantly downloading that (laughs) one large file of what could possibly be going on out there that there's that fear of missing out or that somebody might be asking me to do something that's super awesome and I better know about it quickly so I can say yes and not miss out or – you know, that, that analogy of that, it's that one large file download that's always happening and taking up your mental bandwidth.
0: No, that's so incredibly accurate. And I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of David Allen. And so last week I had, you know, one of the best days all year when I got finally put in touch with him personally. And nice. I was just like, you know, running around screaming. No, I think David Allen's books are just absolutely incredible. And they give you such, such wisdom about – about, you know, living a more productive life and being more present in a productive life. Another book, just as a shout out for that, is a book that I really don't think, I don't even know if it's (laughs) sold that many copies. Um, I think it's like 10 years old. It's called Slowing Down to the Speed of Life. Uh And it's another one that I just highly recommend. And it's not, you know, it's not really, you don't think of it as a book about productivity, but essentially that's, you know, that's what it is. It's all about being in the moment where you are because, you know the moment is what's happening. It's not everything else that happened before and everything that's going to happen later
1: yeah yeah so it and in then so then in the book uh greater expectations there's it's from Barna group, so they're very let's say statistically based
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so what are some of the statistics that maybe i mean I know you probably don't have them right in front of you, but there's probably some statistics that just jump out at you and maybe even shocked you or surprised you?
0: Yeah, I think so, you know, to give kind of background. So basically, Barna Group is this great research group that um, does a bunch of research, particularly on Christian living and Christian leadership. And they came up with this idea to create a series of books called Frames is what they're calling them. And um, there were maybe nine in the first in the first series that they launched in um, January, and in my book, Greater Expectations is one of them. And one of the things about the the, the series that is very um, appropriate for for my topic in particular is that they're really they're small books. You know, they're about a third the size of a regular book because their whole premise is you know we just don't have time in this world to to get through full mm-hmm. books these days. So this is a way to gain a lot of wisdom, um, you know, effectively and, and quickly, so to speak. So in terms of the, the research they did, which was just awesome and it was just amazing to be able to kind of give them these, these questions that I wanted them to ask and then get all this information back and just see what people are saying about what it means to, to live in this crazy digital life. But I think the, the statistic that is just the one that I uh, point out because I think it's so interesting is just they asked people, you know, does your iPhone make you feel more productive? And it was so fascinating to me that it was almost half and half the people who said yes and the people who said no. And I mean, I I guess that seems silly or stupid. It seems like, oh, that's not an interesting statistic at all. But to me, it was just totally revolutionary because that's almost how I feel on a daily basis. I go back and forth. Half the time, I think my life is so much better than it could have been 10 years ago, my professional life, because I can be connected anywhere. And then the other half of the time, I think this is just terrible. You know, what has happened to my life essentially? And I think just that just really simple statistic alone kind of encapsulates the problem we're all facing and the problem we face every single day when we wake up and the first thing we do is we pull out our iPhone. You know, it it feels like it it is helping you about half the time. And then about half the time, it feels like it's it's ruining your life.
1: Yeah. I, and so do you think that it has to do with maybe the fact that there are such extreme benefits to using the technology with the the ability to be connected to anybody, anywhere, to shoot data, information, audio, video, or even for entertainment value for that matter, um, that there's so many benefits to it and the fact that it can always be on your person that – we kind of have blindly walked into maybe creating un- unintentionally creating bad habits in terms of some of the uh the cons of the technology and what it does to us in terms of addiction.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the worst bad habits that is is very, very common is that, you know, something like an iPhone, many of us think of it as its first purpose as some sort of professional device. Um, maybe we don't realize we think that, but you know, that's that's really how it's maybe changed our lives more than anything else is professionally, right? It allows us to get work done everywhere. But the result of that is that now because we can work like that, we have greater expectations for all our relationships that aren't professional. So if I send you a text on a Saturday afternoon and my text is something completely silly and not important in the least, I will still think it's weird if I don't hear from you, what, within, I would say within 20 minutes, I would find that strange.
2: com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech.
3: If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity, from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and am intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, dot xcom to learn more.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because and 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 that's they've always got their phone.
0: (laughs) Totally. It's like, well, why is it taking him twenty minutes? I mean, he must have his phone on him. I mean, what where could he be? And then, you know, my my mind starts circling and I'm like, well, maybe Eric's mad at me, or, you know, maybe something terrible happened to Eric. Or you know, and it's just this ridiculous set of assumptions we create based on these greater expectations that we've basically come up with because we live digitally and tethered to these iPhones.
1: Yeah and then even to to kind of touch on uh something one of my other recent guests Merlin Mann talked about with all having multiple inboxes is oh well if you didn't answer the text maybe I'll call or maybe mm-hmm. I'll I'll tweet him or I'll leave a facebook message or I'll send an email and then you see what we've done is we've created all these different channels for all these different people that don't that not everybody uses all those channels mm-hmm. for me but I have you know, almost these different spheres or circles that use all those different things. And I better make sure I'm checking them all constantly to make sure that nobody needs anything from me or wants anything from me.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's difficult. Well, so what have you done in terms of making sure that you kind of keep all those inboxes in check?
0: So I mean there are two main things that I do and these are the you know there are other little things I do from time to time or other little tests I try but the two main things I do one is I have an offline morning routine um and that's what I talk about in this book and it's what you and I talked about the last time I was on your show. It's basically I go through seven steps every morning. Um the acronym is present so it's um you know I, I wake up and the first thing I do is I I pray, I read, I, I express, which means I write in my journal. I schedule my day, I exercise, then I nourish myself in some way and then and then I track my progress. And those are kind of the the seven things that I do each day that are uh, mostly all in the morning, mostly all during my, you know, morning routine and they're absolutely offline. So that's sort of step 1 or or part one of what I do. And then the other major thing I do is I take a digital sabbath or a day of digital detox essentially, so 1 24-hour period where I'm offline. And The specifics of being offline um, are typically, they can change, but, you know, I'm certainly off my computer. I'm certainly off phone calls, anything like that. I usually do check my iPhone during, during that day long period. But that being said, I don't really respond to many emails on my iPhone ever. So it's not, I I don't feel as connected essentially.
1: Okay. Yeah, so th- that's interesting. So the, the I know, yeah, pr- the present principle we talked about in the last episode that you were on and and honestly everybody should go back and listen to that one cuz that was a really good episode. And I I love the idea of the present principle and doing that morning ritual where you're you're walking through those steps and so I don't even need to ask you I think I asked you last time anyway and and it was kind of redundant because you'd already explained the present principle the the idea of in an ideal world how do you start your day you're doing that mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. present principle and that's awesome cuz it recalibrates you it kind of re uh, aligns you every morning for the new day in terms of mindfulness and awareness of who you are and what you need to do and what you want to do even and and,
0: absolutely it's about setting it's about setting your intention for who you are instead of just opening your inbox and letting everyone else to tell you who you are essentially
1: yeah yeah um so then are with the digital detox uh sorry the digital sabbath that's are you doing that one day a week
0: yeah so one day a week it's usually saturday or sunday and for me it's it's great, and some days some weekends I'll be able to all able to go I am able to go Saturday and Sunday, which is really fantastic and one of the I mean simplest results I see from it is that you know when I take a day or when I take two days off my computer, I actually am interested in getting back online <laughs> and I'm actually interested in sort of attacking some of my projects and stuff and when it comes to Monday morning, I don't feel that i've I've already burned out over the weekend, essentially. So I think that's probably the, the most um, the most tangible result and the the biggest reason I would recommend people do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so then what about maybe a longer digital break? I know that you've talked about that before on your blog about taking you know a digital break or a digital mm-hmm. detox of of longer length than just one day or two days. Mm-hmm. How what's the importance of doing that? Like I know that it's. I mean, it's kind of almost like fasting to a certain mm-hmm. extent, and there's many benefits there. What are some of those benefits?
0: So I think taking a longer digital detox is just amazingly essential for anyone who spends a lot of time online. It's really difficult for a lot of people to try to plan something like that. So the amount of time you're able to take um, is you know, obviously very up to you and up to your, your season of life. The longest I've done, I think, is 12 days. And that was sort of the most extreme version where I wasn't even checking my iPhone and I certainly wasn't online and a computer in any way. And the only sort of backup uh, plan I had for that was that I would uh, check my phone for text messages. And so in that 12-day period, I got maybe eight or something, less than 10 urgent texts that were things that I um, had were supposed to deal with essentially, and then could respond to an assistant and tell them what to do via the text message. But in general, that experience was just... I mean, it was amazing. And I haven't been able to do one as long since. That was about a year and a half ago. But I've done, I think, two five-day ones since. And, you know, they've both been just wonderful as well. It just completely resets your brain. And, you know, as I say, even just when I take one day off every week, I feel sort of excited and eager to get back online and do the work I need to do. And that feeling is just exacerbated so much when you're offline for something like five days. And um, you also obviously during that period when you're actually taking the digital detox, you just (laughs) realize what you've been missing so much in life. And it's, I mean, it's scary, honestly, but um, it's a, it's a wonderful experience.
1: What are some of the ways that somebody can prepare to do that? What are some of the things that we need to think about in terms of, okay, I've decided I want to try it. How long? You know, how do they decide how long they should try to go for, or what they need to think about in terms of? Uh, I want to leap into it and do it, but I don't want to maybe miss out. How do I? How do I plan for that?
0: So the easiest thing to do is just do it when you're going to be on vacation anyway. Obviously, um, because vacation takes you out of your normal routine anyway, and so adding on this extra thing of not being on not being online is not as as much of a shock in some ways i think that quite honestly it is very difficult to do digital detoxes when you're in your regular home life say simply because you are so much in the routine of what kind of your world is like on a daily basis that i think it's hard to kind of just remove all the internet and all the digital communication from that so i mean as a as a first as a first foray into it i would absolutely recommend when you're going on vacation anyway and you know and then the main thing aside from picking sort of a time which is probably when you're going on vacation and a number of days which probably has to do with how long of a vacation you're taking is to make sure that you prepare enough such that you can be ready if there is something urgent that you really do have to deal with online and one of the biggest lessons though that i learned from the long digital detox i took of 12 days was was to be very, very careful about giving people a real method of contacting you. So if you have you know various email inboxes and you set them all up with autoresponders saying that you will be offline entirely for the next six days, that's great. But we all know that you do need to say something probably about how, well, if this is really urgent, do this. And so what I did when I took this 12-day digital detox is I said, okay, if this is really important, you should text me at this number, right? (laughs) The problem is that, you know, people's sense of what's really important in their life is really not the same sense that I have of what's really important in my life. And so as I say, I got maybe a little bit under tech, somewhere around 10 or less than that text messages. And I would say of those 10, one or two were actually important things. The others were things that were really, I mean, I just read these texts and I was like, my goodness, this can completely wait two weeks. I can't believe that I'm getting this, right? So you've got to set a really high bar for that. Um, and I guess my only suggestion for that is just in your autoresponders to be very, very clear that, you know, only if this is incredibly important can you text me and please understand if I am not able to get back to you via text message. Because that's the other thing is making it clear that just because someone believes it's important and is going to text you, that doesn't actually mean you're going to respond. So
1: right. Yeah. what what, it, what constitutes an emergency on their part is not an emergency for you.
0: No. And it's really – I mean I was stunned by – in that long digital detox, what, what it really, uh, w- the kind of urgent requests I was getting. Now, when you take shorter ones, like these five day ones, I almost think you don't even need to do that. I almost think you don't even need to set up a, you know, if the house is on fire, text me at this number type out for people simply because five days is probably a short enough time that if something happens on day two, they can probably wait four days.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. So um, I'm trying to think here. What other kind of – like you, you also maybe disca- decide what, uh, what boundaries you want to put up in terms of, okay, well, I'll allow my – like so for example, when I've done a digital t- detox, I've done one maybe – I actually did one that was about 21 days long. And, That's
0: amazing. Yeah. Well, 21 I, days.
1: I, I did it over Christmas break. So it was one of those times where it was already kind of going to be a a slower time for people in general. And I was going to be spending a lot of time with family and I wanted to make sure that I didn't like, you know, sit in front of the – sit in front of screens instead of looking at people face-to-face. And Mm -hmm. so what I – literally what I did is I threw – I deleted all the apps off my phone other than the the standard Apple ones and threw those all in a folder and then – Literally had one folder up in the upper left corner of my front screen, and then in the bottom dock of the iPhone had the uh, the camera because I was going to allow myself to take mm-hmm. pictures. Um, the texting option because you know I still was going to communicate with family members and friends just in terms of texting, uh, which I kind of connected with you know real life conversation, and then uh, the phone itself and used it as a Mm -hmm. phone oh and then a maps app because you know we were traveling
0: right right so
1: but other than that nothing else and so and then there was the one other caveat that i said was one time a day at the end of the day i would peek at my email by sitting in front of a laptop and i would just look and see if there was any fires to put out like hey your your uh bank's been account's been hacked or something like that. Right. And and as soon as I'd go in there, I'd just mark everything as archive to a certain folder and then would close it back down and that was it. So I allowed, you know, the the boundary of I mean here and no further just to know, okay, there are no emergencies, get back to living. So So
0: was that was that hard in and of itself? Because I think some people would say Allowing you to go online is like allowing, you know, an alcoholic to have like a little bit of a drink every day or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that I probably was only able to do 21 days straight because I allowed that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's true. Right. And
1: especially, I don't know, have you ever experienced that where in the first, say two to three days, you've got like that nervous twitch where you Mm -hmm. just want to keep reaching for the phone?
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's crazy. Like, and that's one of the things that, like, that's why we have, like, a phone charger dock thing here at home. So, like, you get home and you plug the phone in and try to leave it there and not have to go grab it. It's not on me at all mm-hmm. times throughout the day in, or in the mm-hmm. evening, you know. Mm-hmm. So those those kinds of boundaries, um, yeah, just really, really, really help. What mm-hmm. are some other boundaries that you can think of that uh, maybe we well, make there's a, a great we make allowance for just to yeah, well... allow us to get into doing this as a habit?
0: Yeah, I mean I've heard of um I think it's is it Sherry Turkle that talks about that came up with the idea or I don't know who came up with it, you know, when you're eating at your dinner table all the iPhones should go in a basket in the middle yes. so no one's doing that. And then the secondary version of that is when you go out to eat with friends because I feel like eating at home, there's family members. There's an there's a you know a desire to check your iPhone. But I think particularly when I go out with my peers or something, particularly after work or with colleagues, uh, there's just an incredible, incredible desire to check iPhones constantly. Particularly because I work with people in Silicon Valley, so they're always on their phones. And so you know you put the so this version of this is you put the phones all in the center of the table, and the first person to reach for it then has to pick up the tab which is, you know, I
1: love that. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. I was talking at a, a pod camp, uh, un-conference, and I took, uh, I had that picture of the stacked phones in the middle of the table. And said,
0: oh really? Oh. So, yeah. That's great.
1: Like you, you stack them all up on the, the center of the table. And so whoever, so nobody can reach them because they're all there, you know, kind of in accountability mode. Uh, and the first one who reaches for their phone has to pick up the tab. And I was just like, uh, that's genius. I love it.
0: No, it's amazing. Cause yeah, yeah I really don't want to pay for everyone's dinner. So it's great. <laughs>
1: So, well, so you've been kind of almost uh, taking another sort of break, so to speak. Although it's very much work at the same time. Um, let me say congratulations on your pregnancy. How soon are you due?
0: In two weeks, oh, and it's it's crazy. It's so funny because I had um, so I come up with a word of the year for each year, and in two thousand thirteen, my word of the year was rest, and in two thousand thirteen, I got pregnant and you know, I'm about to have a baby in early 2014 and I've spent months, I don't even know how many, at least several months, four months, something like that on bed rest. So it was extremely funny to think that I'd sort of, you know, in 2013 said, okay, I need to rest more. And then, you know, my body essentially gave me a a reason that I had to do that. Um, But what's so interesting is even in the midst of, of this, you know, intense rest of, essentially, you know, not being very mobile, I, I feel like, you know, I feel, oh, I'm not very productive. But then I think about it. And I'm like, wow, I've never been more productive in my life. I'm I'm making a human, right?" right? So it's, it's, it's pretty fun to kind of realize that and to kind of think about what lesson that teaches us. You know, we when we think we're not moving forward, maybe we're actually creating really fundamental groundwork for for something really big that's about to happen, essentially.
1: Oh, yeah. Interesting. And almost in terms of it, maybe not birthing a baby, but maybe birthing an idea and how it takes like a, a long – like a uh, – oh, what, not microwave or pressure cooker. What's the other? Crock-Pot. Absolutely. Takes, ideas have to simmer. So it takes a long time for something to finally come to the point of where you've thought about it for so long, maybe nine months, and then you suddenly realize, oh – that's totally something I could do. That's something I could work with. That's something I could bring forward to a team or whatever. So, yeah, it's that same – I mean, it, it's a metaphor, but uh, you're literally doing that with a yeah. physical human, which is awesome.
0: No, it's and it's a really, really good lesson. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Have you observed any other – because you're the first person, first guest that I've had on the show that's like – been pregnant so it's almost like a, an interview and a half and, <laughs> and so and do you, you know what it is I thought I think it's a girl right?
0: it's a girl it's a girl awesome. yeah and the other uh, I would say the other lesson I have learned from my pregnancy is I'm in this really ridiculous position where I have my next book comes out the week the baby is due <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous and you know there are just things you can't always plan in life essentially very well and this was one of them but um it has created a bit more work on the, on the, on the last, on the later end of the pregnancy than I, than I would have liked, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and luckily, you know, and what's been the case in, in terms of my, both my kids, my first one came 10 weeks early and the second one was late actually. sort of. Wow. So, 10
0: weeks early. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You, you
1: went, guys
0: were at the hospital for a couple of months like, or how long did you yeah. spend there?
1: She, she came, she even came, she came home Valentine's day. So that's why that feels different to me now. But, um, yeah she was 10 weeks early and so it was like january 8th that she was born and then came home february 14th and she was due march 15th so she's we still had her home a month early so
0: that's amazing my goodness
1: yeah but that's that whole i mean man i don't know how you'd plan a book around the time of near the very end of a pregnancy
0: i i do not know either and i'm doing it right now so yeah Yeah. well let's take one minute
1: let's take a minute real here uh real quick here and and what is the other book?
0: Sure. So the other book is not really the book that people (laughs) expected me to write, but it's a book that, um, that I think, I think had to be written and I'm happy that it's finally coming out. It's a joint memoir with my Kenyan foster son. It's called Hope Runs an American tourist, a Kenyan boy, a journey of redemption. So once again, a long subtitle Um, and it is about, basically a journey I took to Kenya in 2006 and I walked into an orphanage one day and ended up living there for a year and meeting all very unexpected and meeting this then 13-year-old boy. And after a couple years of growing very close with him, bringing him to the U.S. and it's our sort of journey together essentially of what What our lives were like before we met, and then what our lives have been like in the in the five six years now that he's been he's been you know uh, a a world traveler outside of outside of his home country and that sort of thing. So uh, it's a very um, it's a very different book than the books I've written in the past, which have been business books. But but I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, it's it sounds amazing. I I can't wait to read it. It sounds like just a really great adventure memoir. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's been an adventure <laughs> and it is a memoir. So yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Claire, it, it has been awesome to talk with you again and I would love to tell everybody where to go find you. I know that you have one of the easiest Twitter names to find in the world and that's just at Claire.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Claire Diaz is your blog, which everybody should go follow. You've got some great, uh, consistently great productivity, Blogs, especially some of the stuff about is email work that is also there that (laughs) that we didn't talk about, but I'll, I'll link to in the show notes for this episode.
0: Awesome. Yes. Email. Oh man. The bane of all our existences, right?
1: Yes. So, so Claire, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been awesome to talk with you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I, I love your show. I listen to it all the time and so it's great to be here.
1: Well, that wraps up another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Thanks again to Claire for stopping by and talking with us about having greater expectations. Make sure to check out Claire on Twitter and thank her and even congratulate her on the upcoming birth of her daughter. You can find her on Twitter at Claire. And make sure to go over and check out her blog at ClaireDiazOrtiz.com. It's one of my go-to resources. Thanks again to Reich for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to grab their premium one-month free subscription worth $199 by going to wrike.com slash to-do. That's W-R-I-K-E dot slash to-do and grab that free 30-day premium subscription trial. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying this and getting a lot out of it, make sure to share it with your friends on social networks, as well as going over and leaving a rating or review on iTunes. Thanks again. Talk to you next episode.